You are listening to the Hope Church Weekly Message Podcast. Hope Church is located in Cleveland, Texas and meets on Sundays. Pastor Todd and the preaching team desire for this message to bring life in a dark world. For more information about Hope Church, visit HopeChurchCleveland.com. Good to see everybody. Thank you. No, you look you look pretty. You look pretty, Steve. You guys all look pretty. Everybody. <laughs> Speaking of pretty, um, I took a new photo yesterday, and I think I, re- I look really pretty. So there's a photo up there, I think. No, I, <laughs> I look pretty. I, th- I think I look pretty gorgeous, don't you think? Um, I'm, I have a beard, right? I actually look like my brother. If you ever met my brother, I look like him. Except he's not bald. But it, I'm going to name some, I'm going to call out certain people that uh, they don't know what the flaws are. Hopefully, you probably noticed. So, Ken, Ken, what is wrong with this picture? <laughs> wrong head. I, I have hair, right? I'm not bald. I did shave my hair recently, as you can tell. Another flaw. Pastor Todd. You have a beard. I have a beard. I don't have a beard. If you know me, I can't grow a beard at all. I always have to shave. There's nothing. <laughs> I tell myself I have to shave. <laughs> Paul, what's another flaw? Teeth. If you know me, I, I, call what I, I call my teeth the British Gap. My family's very British, so that's why I call it the British Gap. It's very weird. Another flaw with, that you probably won't notice, actually, you can tell it's pixelated because of the blur on the left side. Now show the next photo. There you go. <laughs> you can tell it was blurred out with the square. Yeah, who's that? I don't know. It's, it's called my half smile, if you know me. <laughs> I took it yesterday, okay, on purpose with the same shirt. <laughs> it's not authentic, right? The first photo is not authentic, right? The second photo is. Now, I wish I had a beard. I wish I can grow a beard. But I can't. It doesn't matter how many times I try, I can't. So when I look at Pastor Todd, I'm like, man, I want his beard. But it's not going to happen, right? Well, my brother's beard, it took him 10 years to grow a beard. So guess what? I got to wait another 10 years to grow a beard. <laughs> Do what? This is true. She already doesn't like my mustache, so it's, it's probably not going to work out, right? <laughs> It takes a couple months to get a mustache, yes. <laughs> so speaking of authentic, what is the definition of authentic? Carlos, what's the definition of authentic? <laughs> hey, this, hey, just making sure you're awake, right? I'm kidding. So the definition of authentic, the adjective authentic describes something that is real or genuine. Actual <laughs> and not counterfeit. Amen? So the title of today's message is Are You Living Authentic Life? Something that is real, something that's not counterfeit, something that is what? Authentic. So, point number one jealousy creates division. In Genesis 4 3 to 5, it says, In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as offerings to the Lord. 
And Abel also brought an offering, fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering. But on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry, and his face was downcast. So when I first read this, what came to mind when, I, when it said Cain brought some, well, the brought some was old dried fruits. What came to me was salad. Cain, or Abel, it said fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. It was a f- newborn lamb. So when I thought of that, I'm like, man, that's a New York strip. It's prime rib, whatever it's called. So I have everybody in here, who wants a salad? Who wants a salad? Who wants prime rib? I was about to say. <laughs> so, so both. You want the both. You want to go Texas Day Brazil and get both. <laughs> so when I read this, it sounded funny. It sounded like, you know what? One brought this small thing and... Abel brought this big thing, right? But when I kept on reading it, it showed me how much faith they both had. One had nothing, and one had bigger faith. Who had the bigger faith? Abel, right? I hope you know that. Abel has the bigger faith. So it's kind of with our daily lives. Cain brought some, some. That means not very much. He basically gave God the leftovers, right? And Cain, or Abel, brought the firstborn, right? The newborn, where he could have kept it for himself, but he was like, you know what, I'm going to give it to God. How many times do we do that in our lives? That we're like, man, I'm just going to give God our leftovers, because that's your faith. You give God the leftovers of your faith, right? Sometimes we do that. I have done that, so I'm with you. But sometimes we're like Abel, and we're going to be like, you know what? Like when we're tithing, we're supposed to give the first 10%, right? The first thing we do with our money, we give it to the Lord. We're supposed to do that. It's biblical. We're supposed to do that. So when we look at that, I'm going to be like, Lord, I'm going to give you this prime rib because it matters to you more than it matters to me. Because it does matter. It does matter to me, but it matters to you more because you see my faith. And my faith is a lot stronger than a little salad, The narrative ties together the worshiper and his offering as God, get, as God considers the merit of their individual worship. Both giver and gift were under the scrutiny of God. Cain's offering did not measure up because he retained the best of his produce for himself. Abel's offering was accepted because it was offered in faith. So how little and how big is your faith? God sees the condition of the human heart and weighs the motive of the worshiper. What is in your heart right now? What is it saying? Because are you giving God your all or are you just giving him your leftovers? Because God doesn't want your leftovers. He wants your first. Do your actions line up with your words? We can say we're going to do something, right? But are we really going to do it? If we're going to tell Pastor Todd, I'm going to go, I'm going to go help you all on the Saturday to help y'all um, give the boxes at the railroader stadium. But are you going to show up and actually serve? Abby and I, we have this board in our apartment where sometimes if we do Facebook Live videos, you can see it behind us. And it says, and it's by uh, Theodore Roosevelt, one of our former presidents, if no one knows who that is. Uh, <laughs> and some people don't know who that is, right? Some people, I'm sorry, some people don't know who our former presidents are. It's just... There you go. It says, 
Comparison is the thief of all joy. When you compare your life to someone else's life, that starts the jealousy in your heart. And let it fester when we start thinking about it. And it will start causing division in the relationship. So when I said the first point, or first point is jealousy creates division, that means anything. How many times do we go on social media and we're like, I want to be like that person? We may not say it, but if you look throughout the week, we start dressing like that person. Or you might start watching their makeup tutorials. I don't know. I don't do that. I don't wear makeup, so I don't do that. <laughs> no, I don't. But we oftentimes, we're like, man, I want to be just like that person, don't we? We sometimes do. Sometimes I'm like, man, I know I'm overweight. I know I need to lose some weight. But I want to be like this guy that has the six-pack. I'm not kidding. I've said that. I want to be like this guy because I know he can run and he doesn't have to complain. Because I complain when I run. I think often people do. <laughs> but when we do that, when we, when we compare ourselves to someone else, we start this jealousy because we want to be just like them. When we do that, it starts this division in our hearts. Because when we start, when we, if you're married and you're like, man, I want to be like this person, that tells your wife, like, what's wrong with you? You're fine. And it may not make any sense, but in your heart, you're telling something else. It's the same with when it comes to family. When it comes to me, I didn't grow up with a mom. So when I look at other people's family and how, how close-knit they are, I get jealous. I do. Abby's family knows I do. And that's why I think we're getting closer now. But for me, I didn't grow up with a mom. So when I see people, when I see other pastors, when I see families so close to their mom when they have Thanksgiving or Christmas, it's hard for me. It's very hard. And that jealousy starts going and making a root in my heart and starts this division because it starts that division because I want that. But I can't get it because you know what? My life is my life. But what I can do is what I have right now, and that's Abby's family. I have her mom, and actually, I do have a mom. If you know who Teresa is, she's basically my mom. And that's, that can be funny and all, but literally, she said many times, if I ever done anything, she will ground me. <laughs> Pastor Todd has heard this. She told, yeah, exactly. But when we, call it, when we have this jealousy, it seems small. But once it goes and stirs in our heart, it starts this division. It starts this root where it enters our heart and it creates anger, and the anger creates bitterness. So point two, anger creates bitterness. Continue in Genesis 4 and six, through 6 and 7. Then the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right. Sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must roll over it. God could see through Cain's filter of anger. Hence, the theme filtered for the series. So all these points are their filters, and we all have them, whether you believe it or not. We will be tempted to sin, but we must resist sinning. If you feel angry, you must give it to God. If you have something about someone, talk to the Lord about it, because it will, it will, 
It will be like a blender in your heart. And that might sound funny, but it's going to do this to your heart, and it's just going to create a blender. Because you might think Satan's not going to attack you, but he knows who you are. He's going to tell lies about you. He's going to tell you you're worthless. He's going to tell you you can't get over it. But who do we have on our side? Jesus, who died for our sins. So when Satan's trying to tell you, you know what? Sin is right at the door. Sin's right here. But you know what you can do? It's the reaction. It's the reaction of doing that sin. Are you going to react to it? Are you going to react negatively? Or are you going to react positively? You can say, Lord, I want you to take my life. And I'm going to give it to you. I trust you. So whatever pain I'm hiding in my heart, whatever I'm going through, I want to give it to you. Instead of... Saying, Satan, I'm going to go, I'm going to follow through, I'm going to, I'm going to live for you instead. Because I'm going to create this anger that's going to cause this bitterness. And this bitterness is going to start creating divisions as well. But what's more important here is for Cain. Like I said, it's the action he will take now that his, that his sin has been found out. Because God already knew, right? God already knew what was going to happen. <laughs> The consequences of his reaction to God's correction are more far-reaching than the initial sin itself. For if he pursues sin's anger, it results in sin's mastery over him. So what God's saying is, sin's crouching at your door, but what are you going to do about it? Right? How many times in our life we have two doors? It's really, it's, I call it the God door or the Satan door. It sounds good. You're going to do so well. But you got to do this, you got to do that, got to do this. That's Satan. God's saying, it's going to be hard. It will. It will be hard. But I already had my son die on the cross for you. So all that negativity, all that anger, all that bitterness, all that pain you're feeling, it's already on the cross. Because anger pushes us to a place that we are no longer willing to take a look at how we could be better. So when we get angry and we don't give it to God, it's just going to, it's just going to be a stirring pot. We're not going to think of how to get better. We're going to actually do worse. Because Cain's refusal to deal rightly with the sin permitted his anger to fester into murder. What you, it's just the same. What you say on social media could affect someone's final destination. I've noticed, especially throughout the last couple of weeks, and I, I may, some people may get mad at me for saying this, but there's a lot of Christ followers acting like Christians on social media. There's a lot of people saying negative things. And that actually enters my third point. My third point, offense creates hate. So in verses 8 and 9, it says, Now Cain said to his brother Abel, Let's go out to the field. While they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. And then the Lord said to Cain, Where is your brother Abel? I don't know, he replied. Am I my brother's keeper? This fool literally just told the Lord, I don't know. How many times do we say that? Like, I don't know, Lord. I don't know if I can get through this. I don't know if I can do this. Kids say it all the time. We say it all the time. But the Lord already knew. He just wanted Cain to be honest. And he lied. Cain attacked his brother Abel, which killed him. Immediately, Cain realized what he had done. But he wasn't so concerned with the loss of his brother. He was more concerned about the consequences of his actions. But because he reacted, he now knows the consequences. 
He's, and he's afraid. It's just the same. A lot of times on social media, I, I start noticing people telling other people how wrong they are, that they need to change, and that they, they start cussing at them and telling them they go to hell, that they need to go to hell. So this is when I say, so let me get this straight. Are you saying that they are so torn that Jesus wouldn't accept them? Because he accepted you, so get over it. Because I look at it this way. If he accepted someone that had a pornography addiction, someone that that literally was cutting himself, someone that had depression so bad that he actually let Satan try to kill me, let me get straight. If he can't, if he can, if he can redeem me, why can't he redeem other people? The thing is, is we're not doing our job. Because through this whole thing, I don't see many people really going in reality and telling people who Jesus is. I see what they're doing is making people feel guilty on social media. It's two separate things. You can walk the walk on social media, but you're going to walk the walk outside of life. Because walking your, walking your Christian life on social media just tells you that you just want to be like a Pharisee. It's just the same. If you're Republican, if you're, I can't speak today. If you're Republican, you have your opinion. If you're a Democrat, you have your opinion. We don't have to agree. But we do need to show the love of Christ always to each other. Not just when it's convenient or we feel like it. You're just being a garage Christian. I don't care if you, if, you, if you love Trump. I don't care if you don't like Trump. I don't care if you like someone else. But show the love of Christ to each other. So I am so tired of it going on social media. I, I am so tired of social media because people believe the news. Don't believe in the news. Why? It's all fake. And just like Pastor Grant said, was it last week? You said it recently. The only good news is the good news of Jesus Christ. So when you start believing Fox News, when you start believing CNN, whatever it is, you're, they're literally sucking you in so they can, you can hate on other people. It's just Satan. You can believe it or not, but it is. I saw a post. I'm really sweaty. Apparently it's falling down. <laughs> I saw a post the other day. <laughs> Thank you. I saw a post the other day. I was actually having a Bible study with my friends. I, we have every Thursday at 9 o'clock. And some of the reason I felt like I needed to go on Facebook for a couple minutes. I don't know why. Oh, I told them I wasn't ignoring them. But I did, and I, I went on this, was it Fox 4 News post or whatever. And I'm not going to say the person's name because I would never do that. But the person basically said how ignorant the other person is because of what they believe in. Now, we have our different beliefs, right? But one belief, we know that Jesus Christ died for us. But to tell someone how ignorant they are, to to tell them how wrong they are, they may be wrong, but why would they listen to you? They're not going to listen to you. Why would they? That's ignorance. Believing someone else is going to listen to you because you think you're whole whole and mighty. If you call yourself a Christ follower, what you need to do is show the love of Christ on every single Facebook post every single time. There is no doubt on that. 
just think, if Jesus, if Jesus had a Facebook account and he was, he was everybody's friend, because he would, right? Jesus Christ is our friend. That's actually a song too, isn't it? Yeah, something like that. But what, he would look at every single, every single person's Facebook post, right? He's going to be like, oh, Ken, he was, uh, he was showing an article of a recipe, which is probably accurate. He would. Oh, this one person, he was, sending, uh, he was showing an article on division, on how people hate this person and this person and this person and this person. Why? Because what you're doing is when you're, sh- when you're sharing that, you're really just causing more division. You are. Now, I would never tell someone who, what my political opinion is because it doesn't matter. It doesn't. The only, person, the only thing that matters is that you know who Jesus Christ is. Because it doesn't matter if, you're elef- if you believe in the elephant or the donkey, what you need to believe in is the lamb. And I got that from Pastor Samuel Rodriguez. <laughs> but the thing is, is we treat politics as an idol. So if you're wondering this through this whole time, because not only this COVID-19 stuff, this whole protesting riot stuff, I feel like what we're missing is, and what we are doing is, not only we're using politics as an idol, in every single atmosphere, what we need to do is just spread the love of God everywhere. Because instead we, we complain, oh, my prayer life is so bad. My, my prayer life is so, so bad. My, my, fan, my finances, they're just so terrible. My relationship, they're so, it's so bad. My marriage, maybe my family. What are you going to do about it? Because it's that reaction. Are you going to react badly or are you going to react good? Because if you believe in Christ, hopefully you react good. Because what did Jesus die? What did he do on the cross? He died for our sins. He died for our pain. He died for all the times we told someone, you're an idiot. And hopefully you, you ask for forgiveness. So I challenge you today. Maybe you, maybe you told someone, you know what? I just don't like you. Maybe you told someone, I just can't, be- I can't, I can't believe what you believe, but I'm going to keep telling you what I believe. No, just stop. What you need to do is stop showing what the culture is all about and show who Jesus is all about. It doesn't matter what we believe because at the end of the day, what you're putting on Facebook, what you're putting on TikTok, Snapchat, whatever it is, can alter someone's eternity. Because if you're showing the good news of Jesus Christ on everything, literally it's positivity, why would, why would anybody think negatively on that? Now they're going to have their beliefs, right? Maybe someone's like, oh, this and that. But at the end of the day, you can't go wrong with telling someone about Jesus, right? Right? That should be amen, right? Yeah, okay. Just make sure everybody's awake. <laughs> so what does this mean for us? Are you giving God a salad or a prime rib? Are you giving God a little bit? Are you giving him dried fruit? Or are you giving God a T-bone? Or something that, maybe a burrito, I don't know. I like me some burritos from on the border. Maybe it's that. But something that's delicious, right? Something that's savoring, right? Maybe like Ken's, uh, what was it? uh, it, uh, I can't think of it now. That just went under my head. Ken makes amazing rice. Fried rice. So maybe it's that. But what I'm saying is, how little is your faith? And how big is your faith? Number two, what are your filters? Is it jealousy? 
Is it anger? Or is it being offended? Because when we get offended, just get over it. Just give it to God. Because when we hide those filters, when those filters go on to us, we act like someone else. We don't act authentic, we act fake. So when we post a fake photo of ourselves, maybe we post a status that we're like, man, I just need to post it because I'm angry or this and that. No, what you should do is pray before you post. That sounds cliche, but pray before you post. Number three, do you need to forgive and let go today? Maybe you have a problem with anger. Maybe you have a problem with jealousy. Maybe you have a problem being offended. We all do. We all have something we need to work on. That's the thing about a community of believers, and that's why we need to go to church with a community of believers. Amen? There's something else to challenge you. If you're going through something, know that Jesus has that offense. He has that pain. He has that anger. He has that jealousy on the cross. What he wants you to do is lay it down today. Amen? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray. I'm going to pray us out. And Pastor Grant's going to come up here and dismiss you guys. Dear Lord, we thank you for who you are. We give you praise. I pray that we know that we can give it all to you. I pray that if we have jealousy, if we have a problem with anger, if we have a problem with being offended, I pray that we just give it to you and get over it. I pray that we know that you gave it on the cross and that we need to leave it there. And Lord, I just pray that we get these filters off of us. And that we be authentic as much as you are. And show that we can be examples of you. We thank you, Lord, for who you are and what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen.